0: I'm going to figure this out. I was never a father before, but I thought I was going to be a pretty good father because I knew things. I didn't. Okay? I thought I was going to be a wonderful husband, right? And although Zhang says I am, but uh, I, there were things I didn't know I needed to know. So we're going to have this question for you, and I hope you mark something now. What are things that, right, that you don't know? But then we're going to talk about how you receive these things. How do I receive wonderful counsel? Let me tell you. To receive this gift from God, I must be humble and listen. Make sense? <laughs> be humble. If I'm prideful and I think I know everything, am I going to listen? No. no. Have you ever listened and not heard anything? Yes. We have, right? This is, human beings do this a lot. Oh, Thank you for that advice. Get, get out of my face now, right? Because I'm going to do my own life. And we do that a lot. I know that I've done that so many times, and I've made so many mistakes. In 1 Corinthians 1, 18 and 19, it is saying this, For people who are stumbling toward ruin, the message of this cross is nothing but a tall tale for fools by fools. It's saying that for the people that are perishing that that aren't paying attention, it sounds like this, this, oh, that could never happen. It's for fools. But then it says, But for those of us who are already experiencing the reality of being rescued and made right, it is nothing short of God's power. This is why the scripture says, I will put an end to the wisdom of the so-called wise, and I will invalidate the insights of your so-called experts. Guys, they had experts, they had intellectuals, elitists, people who have money and who know, you know that feeling is like they must know stuff. They had those people, and they missed the most important counselor that ever came to this earth, and that was Christ. Can that happen today? It's happening all the time, because people look at the message of Christ and goes like, "Yeah, right. How could people believe such an old thing that, ha- you know, that they wrote so long ago? We're modern people, aren't we? Am I going to listen to something that's I, And that's the thing is, are you ready to humble yourself and listen? Because I can tell you, a lot of times in my life, I wasn't. And it wasn't until I was humbled, because of all the mistakes that I made and things didn't go right, that I started listening to somebody else instead of myself. So, question, whose counsel are you listening to? So many have said, or so many things, so many around you are saying things and speaking louder in this world. And it seems like they're right. You know, when the, well, something I, I, I heard somebody say and I like to say is that God doesn't care about the majority. No, I'm sorry, that God cares about the majority. He doesn't care about what the majority is saying. God is not this guy, let me take a poll and see what everybody believes so I can de- decide what is right. Do you do that? Do you try to decide by what everybody says? Oh, let me see. If everybody says it, then it must be right. Let me tell you the truth. It's not the majority, according to what God's saying, is not going in the direction that he wants them to. So, Proverbs 13:10 says this, Wisdom open your, opens your heart to receive wise counsel, but pride closes your eyes to advice and gives birth to only quarrels and strife. What's inside there? Are you receiving wonderful counsel and you understand and know? Are you listening to yourself? And others that God didn't plan to. Number two, I don't know. I'm trying to speed this up. Number two, God planned to give me access to the second thing He is known for: mighty power, that He would be powers. Not the right. It's not the mighty morphin' power, right? The, the Power Rangers. You know, like that's what somebody in teacher service. Yeah, but, but power of having this power that God wants to give you. In Jeremiah 32:17, it says this: Eternal Lord. With your outstretched arm and your enormous power, you created the heavens and earth." And I want you to circle, underline this next part. Nothing is too difficult for you. He's saying this, Jeremiah is saying, nothing is too difficult for you. Are things difficult for us? Absolutely, right? Some of you know I'm pretty good, I can do these things. I can tell you in my life, I've had a lot of troubles. And it was mostly because I couldn't do the things that I thought that I could. And I needed something else. And God is saying, look, there's nothing that's too difficult for him. God made, uh, in the time of Abraham, he made a, a man who was almost 100, uh, who he had promised that he was going to send a son, through a wife who was almost 100. How does that happen? Does it happen? I mean, there are some people who are older who have kids, but that's, it's, you know, it's, it's not going to happen. You know what they did when God said that? They laughed because it's a joke. Is that how it is for you? When God says that he, that he has your best interests in mind, that he wants to give you power to do these things that you can't do on your own, do you believe him? Or is it a joke? Or is it just disappointing and sad because you're like, I don't think that can happen in my life. There's nothing impossible for God. And often we are struggling to take care of something, and we only resort to God at the last minute. You know when things get so bad that you're like, God, please help me. Why don't we go to him first and say, God, I know that I can't do this. I don't know how to handle this. You give me the power, please, to do the things that you want that I know I can't. So the question here, well, there's Isaiah 40. It says, he empowers The feeble and infuses the powerless with increasing strength. God loves to do this. He loves to give weak people power to show others that it's through him and it's not what they're doing. He did this in the Bible again and again. He continues and says, but for those who wait for Yahweh's grace will experience divine strength. They will rise up on soaring wings and fly like eagles, run their race without growing weary and walk through life without giving up. Doesn't this sound like those... Like the the football coach like telling them we're going to have a great game? This is God telling you, look, if you go by my power, that you're going to have a great life. And I'm not saying it's a life that you don't have troubles or things. Things are going to happen. But he's saying, look, you're going to have a life of purpose, where you have this strength where people will look at you and say, how did they do this? And then you can tell them that it was through him. So let's be honest now and answer this question. What am I facing that I don't have the strength to handle? What are you facing today? Maybe, maybe you need some time to write that and use that time at home to do that. What am I facing that I don't have the strength to handle? So here's what you need to do, right? What do I do to receive the gift of mighty power? To receive this gift from God, I must receive God's Spirit. I must receive His Spirit, Ephesians 1.3 says, I'm asking God to give you a gift from the wealth of the glory, of his glory. I pray that he would give you inner strength and power through his spirit. A lot of you are thinking, Man, how do I get the spirit? Right? A lot of you who have his spirit haven't thought about his spirit in a long time. Have you? That you thought, "God, ask God through your spirit, give me strength. Sometimes we forget, there's a book that was written that's called The Forgotten God by by Francis Chan, and it's about the Holy Spirit. The the reason that Jesus had to go back is so that he could send his spirit to us. This isn't a small thing. How much are you paying attention to that? In Isaiah 30, 15, it says, You will receive the strength you need. And I I want you to circle, there's going to be a lot of circling today. Circle this, when you stay calm... When you stay calm. Are you good at staying calm when things are hard? When things are difficult and frustrating? I know that I'm not, right? Zung, when we go on vacation sometimes and, like, we went to the airport and forgot documents, like, she's like, calm down, Ben, where this is going to work out, right? She, she calms down because I'm like, you know, it's not going to work, right? They're not going to let us through security. It's going to be terrible, freak out. And then it always works, and I have to admit, you know, she was right. Right? I don't say it, but, right? In my mind, I understand, right, that she was right, right? Is it so often we freak out when God is saying, look, stay calm and trust me. You can't do it, but I'm here. I... You know that person that'll stand with you and say, look, I got you. Right? I got you. You don't have to worry about this. God is telling you over and over again, I already, got, I already have you. Like I already got you. You're already taken care of. I gave you this, this, this gift that you don't need to worry about anymore. Third thing, God planned to give me access to eternal relationships. Eternal relationships. In Jeremiah 31.3 it says, The Lord appeared to us in the past, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Circle that, everlasting love. You know what that means? You can't do anything wrong that his love will stop for you. You can abandon him, but he's longing for you to come back because he has an everlasting love. He says, I have drawn you with loving kindness. And guys, this idea of love, it's when you receive love from other people, you know what the natural thing should be. Well, actually not natural, but you know what it should be, and God says, that you reciprocate. Or that you extend that love to other people. Because you realize, man, they love me. It's not because right? They're, they're sacrificing for me. I should love other people and use their example. But when we're so selfish and looking into ourselves, we don't understand that. You know why God loves us? Because that's what God is. And he wants you to become that. That you receive his love and that you show other people that love too. In first John three one it says this look with wonder at the depth of the Father's mar- marvelous love that he has lavished on what does it say us? He has called us, us thank you, and made us. us thank you, his very own beloved children. Beloved children. And we'll get more into that, but I want to ask you this question. The question here is, what am I facing that I cannot handle alone? Let me tell you the truth: You are never made to handle things all by yourself. But what is the, one of the first things that a lot of people do when they go through hard things is they're going to keep it inside, right? No, nobody, can ta- nobody can help me. I've got to take care of this thing on my own. You are not designed to handle that. On your own. And that's why here's what you need to do to receive this gift from God. To receive this gift from God, I must become God's child. Okay? Let me talk to you about that. That I know for many of that, the idea of becoming somebody's child brings hurt. Because you've been hurt by people who are supposed to be there for you. That maybe they weren't there. Maybe they were there, but they weren't there emotionally to take care of you. And even at a young age, maybe your father or mother weren't there, the parent. Even at that young age, you, you thought, man, I don't, I don't think a parent is supposed to be like this. Because there's this thing inside of us that we want this relationship so strongly and I've seen people that even though their parents hurt them, even though they were sexually abused by their parents, I have friends, that they have gone after seeking that approval and that connection to their father that, never, that was never going to happen. You know why I believe that? It's because I think there's this thing in us that needs this connection with God. And if we are so hard-hearted that, that because of things in our past, we will never connect to the one that is saying, look, I know you've had this hard life, I know you've had this, this parent that wasn't there for you, but I am the one who invented this concept. I am the perfect father, and I want to be next to you. Just put yourselves, put yourself in my arms. That's what God is telling us. I have this counsel, I know everything. I have the power, and I just want to take you and take care of you. But I know how hard that can be for some people. With my father, you know, my father tried, to, you know, he, he tries to come back and, and apologize, you know and, and, you know, and talk to me about these things. Even if your parent came back and did that, do you know that it wouldn't help? Because I know my dad is done, but now I'm like too little, too late. And I've had to work on that in my heart. Because you have a father who is a perfect father who is saying, look, I want this relationship with you so bad that I have given my son to die on the cross. I endured that watching him on that cross so that you could be my kids. You talk about an expensive adoption. That was the most expensive one ever happened, right? That God wants you in his family. In John 1.12 it says, But for all who did receive and trust in him, he gave them the right to be reborn as children of God. That's why Christ came, so you could be part of his family. What we do here today is family, guys. Number four, and I know I need to go because I want you guys to get home safe. Four, God planned to give me access to unimaginable peace. If the others weren't enough, I hope unimaginable peace will get you, <laughs> okay? Because this idea, doesn't it sound exactly like what we want, what we're looking for? And the weird thing is we look for peace, we look for achievement, accomplishment, and all these things to be in peace for who we are, our worth, and all this stuff. We look in so many other places. We look for it in re- marriage relationships, boyfriends, girlfriends. We look for it in, even in having kids, in, in jobs, in all this stuff. And God is saying, look, even if you get these things, you're not going to have it. And that peace doesn't come unless it's from him. And let's read here. I love this passage in Philippians 4, 6. It says, never worry about anything. Okay? We could, we could finish the sermon there, right? Easy. Everybody on board? Never worried on everything? Man, let's, let's just go and not worry because that's easy. I don't like this, that part of the passage, but anyway. Instead, it says, in every situation, let your petitions be made known to God through prayers and requests with thanksgiving. Then God's peace, which goes far beyond anything we can imagine. Do you know why we can't imagine it? It's because we haven't experienced it. And you know the only way of experiencing it is for you to believe in Him, that this is true. That you put yourself in his arms. And he says, look, I will give you that peace. And it doesn't mean that everything is perfect around you. It says, look, even in the worst situation in your life, you can have this peace that you know that I am there. That you know that I am your father and nobody messes with my kid. That I'm going to get you through this. Doesn't that sound awesome? Of being there in that moment and going like, man, he's got me. It continues here and says, So the peace which goes far beyond anything we can imagine will guard your hearts and minds in union with the Messiah, Jesus. So here's the question. What worries me that I cannot come to peace with? And it might be something that's happening right now, or it might be something looming in your mind. that You're like, life is just not going to work, or I'm going to fail as a parent, as a husband. I'm going to fail as a human being. Maybe there's this... But God's saying, look, I want to give you this unimaginable peace. What is it that you're worrying about? Here's how you receive it. To receive this gift from God, I must trust and obey God. I must trust and obey. You know what is an expression of trust? An expression of trust is prayer. Prayer. Do you... Pray to God and give Him the things that you would worry about normally. Do you? Do you give it to Him first, not when like, things are dire and there's nothing you can do about it anymore? It's like almost helpless? Or do you say, look, God, I, I'm, I'm really frustrated with these things and I really need, I, I, I want to trust you in this. Prayer is an expression of this. What have you been saying in your prayers? Is it a real relationship where you talk to somebody? Or is it this made-up prayer, like this, this, this rehearsed thing, that you wouldn't have a relationship like that with anybody else? But obedience is the fulfillment of that trust, isn't it? It's for you to go, and you see that God is saying these things in the Bible. He's saying, don't worry about anything. How easy is that? It's not. But he's saying, just do it. Like Nike got it right. right? Just do it. It's like, trust me do Not trust Nike, but right. You, you get what I'm saying, right? That you trust him enough, that you give it to him, even that darkest, deepest thing that you're worried that somebody will find out about you. It says in Isaiah 23.6, 26.3, it says, Lord, you will give, and I want you to circle that, perfect peace. Do you know what that's like? Probably not, because you haven't seen it. But some of you, I hope you have. To those who commit themselves to be faithful to you, that's because they trust in you. And guys, I'm not talking about, you know, there's this idea of faith that it's just believing. There's this other thing that might sound funny to you. It's called faithful faith. It's like, that's not even grammatically correct, maybe, I don't know. But faithful faith, you know what faithful faith is? That you believe and you do something about it. It's not like this idea, oh, I just believe in God and I go to church and everything's fine. No. No. That every day of your life, you're trusting in those hard decisions where you have to be honest or you have to say things that are hard and that you trust Him and obey that He's going to take care of these things. So what I want to do now real quick is there's a case study of receiving the gifts God had planned. And it happened after Jesus left. He, he died on the cross and, and then He resurrected. And then He was around His people for 40 days. 500 witnesses saw Him. And then he went to a mountain with his guys and said, look, go out and make disciples and I'll be with you to the end of the time. And you know what he did after that? He started floating up and, and didn't come back. But he said, look, I will send the Holy Spirit if I do that. So these guys are there and he sent them into the town, into Jerusalem and said, wait there. And it says this, Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. Well, you know. Uh, and then he said, no. What you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. And it says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah, Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Can you imagine the despair? They were waiting for the Messiah for, for hundreds of years, and they just found out that they crucified him. They needed counsel, right? Because they did not know what to do. And he says this, Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of... Of the Holy Spirit. Remember the gift that's going to give you power? So he's given you counsel. He's given you power. Then he continues in 39 and says, This promise is to you and to your children and to even the Gentiles, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. And guys, the book of Ephesians talks about, after this happened, that we became part of a family. You know what church is? Church isn't this service today. Church is what we are all the time. That we're part of this family that God called His family. That Jesus is the head of the family, and we listen to Him because He's given us all these gifts. If you really took to heart and took these gifts and lived this life, you would be unstoppable. And you would be successful in the ways that God wants you to be for people to understand, look, there's something different about this person. We should have more people in here today. I know the snow kind of keeps people away. But guys, I plan for the day where we pack this place out so much that we don't have any more space, that we have to build a building somewhere. Right? Or we have to rent something else. I don't know what's going to happen. And I know God's going to bless it. But the idea is, guys, that's not what we need to worry about. We need, to, we need to be paying attention to what we're doing because there's a world out there that's not experiencing peace, that has broken relationships, that has, feels powerless, and who doesn't know what to do. And we know exactly what God wants us to do. So what are we going to do? That's for each one of us to ask. And if you don't know or haven't heard about this before, we want you to know that God has an incredible plan for you. That we're talking about a, a totally planned pregnancy. You were planned by God. You're not a mistake, and He wants to see you have these things that He wants to give you. But it starts with you making a decision. What I'm going to do, I'm going to pray, but I want you to take this card out. It's a cardstock piece of paper in there, in your bulletin. And on one side it says, The Crossing Church, where the problems of life meet the power of God. But down here on the other side it says, My decision today. And I'm going to pray over that. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the gifts that you give us, the incredible things that we get to receive, even though, like, God, I know I'm undeserving of these things, and not for a minute do I think that that I'm worthy of them. But I accept that you look at me and think that I am worthy of receiving the blessings that you've given, the incredible gift of your Son coming to earth and being part of this place and then dying so that my sins are forgiven so that I have eternal life and don't need to worry about death, but also that I receive these gifts, Lord. Lord, I ask that the people that are here today, that as they're looking at that card and meditating, they're going to have time to do that in a minute, but that they use, they realize that there's something more that you want to give them. And it just starts maybe, if they don't know about things, it starts with that first box that says, I would look like a personal Bible study. And somebody will sit down with them and go, look, this is... This is what God planned for you. This is what He's done for you. And this is the kind of life that you can have. Lord, maybe they have gone through that and they, they haven't gotten to the part where, where they can trust You. Help them to understand that it's only through surrendering and trusting that they're able to do that. And it's through marking that second box. They would like to be baptized. It means to surrender their life to You. Lord, there are other things that are about things that they don't know what to do with that are about our support services, about dealing with past issues, about dealing with abuse. Lord, dealing with things that are so hard. Help them to be honest and mark something there today, Lord. Lord, right after this prayer, the worship team will sing a song and, and it'll give them some time to write on that card. And after that, Lord, they'll sing another song and we ask, and the baskets will be passing, and we ask our members to put their card and their contribution because that's what they've committed to this church. But we ask our guests to just put that card in to understand that that you brought them here so that you could give them a gift. And it's a gift that's greater than anything they've ever had, Lord. Thank you so much for your son who was willing to die for us and give his life as a sacrifice for our sins. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm.